0: Primarily discusses the story of the korban, beginning with uh, Kamsa and Ba'akamsa, the famine in Yerushalayim, what caused their bichon and sneaking out to speak with uh, Caesar, Apocinus. Ap- Ap- we learn about the rishos of Titus HaRasha. But first we pick up from our Mishnah. we were discussing the laws of buying field from a bandit, from a, 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 a brute who stole it. And the Gemara asks, it sounds from the lashon of the Mishnah that during the Haruge Malchus, the Haruge Hamalchama, when the Romans were taking over, there were no bandits. So why afterwards does Mishnah say there were bandits? The review that clarifies it doesn't mean that there weren't bandits, it means that the halachis of buying property that was stolen by a bandit only applied after the war subsided. Because as he says that there were three Gezerahs that Titus and his, his army were Goyzer. First they said that if anybody doesn't kill a Jew, we kill them. So if a Jew gives his field over to the Roman and says, take it, just don't kill me. He gave it to him shalim. So if someone can buy it from him. He'll just need to pay a quarter of the price to the original owner. The second gezera was that if anybody kills a Jew, he gets four Zuzim. And the third was that if anybody kills a Jew, he gets so by the first and second Gezeres, when they were out killing Jews, because of the situation, of the Oynes, it was a full kenya that they were giving it to the Romans, that the property was 100% going to these brutes. But at the end, they were just saying, all right, I'll give him the field today, but I'll claim it from him tomorrow in court. It wasn't a full transaction, and that's why the original owner still has a claim. Now Rabbi Yochanan says we have a posuk. He says what it means is three stories. Kamso Bar who destroyed Yerushalayim. A, a chicken and a chickeness who destroyed Tor Malka. And Ashka Durispak, which destroyed Beitar. Some wagon for woman that destroyed Beitar. So what are these stories? We start with Kamsa Bar Kamsa. There were two people, similar names. And there was an individual who was friends with Kamsa, but hated Bar Kamsa. And when he sent his friend, to his shliach, to invite Kamta to his party, he, the shleach accidentally invited Bar The en- And when this guy saw that his enemy was sitting there at his, at his suda, he said, get out of here. But Bar Kamta says, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I was invited, but okay, if you, if you want me to leave, um, that, that'd be really embarrassing. Do you mind if I stay here? I'll just pay for anything that I eat. You won't lose a, a penny on it. And he said, absolutely not, get out. He was like a real sinner there. I said, I wasn't even losing any money. He said, if you let me stay, I'll pay for half the entire. And the guy said, no, leave. He said, I'll pay for the entire party. Absolutely not. He grabbed him by the hand and he threw him out. And when Bar-Kam-Tzo, embarrassed like that publicly, he looked back at who was at the party. He saw that, you know, there were Rabunin there who didn't stop the host from kicking him out and embarrassing him. He said, you see that the Rabunin, since they were quiet, they didn't make him a call. They agreed. They were totally okay with me getting this embarrassment. I'm going to go be Malshin to the government. So he went to the Caesar and he said, The Jews in Yehuda, they are rebelling against you. He says, Says who? He said, Well, check it out. Send them a karba to bring and uh, see if they want to bring your carbon. So he got, the king sent the best type of animal in an Igla, Tilsa, the, th- the third born, three years old. And he said, G- Go bring this to the Jews to be Makrev. See what happens. On the way, Kamsa put a mum into the animal, either on its lip or on its eyelid, in a place where it's a mum to bring on the Mizbah, but the non Jews wouldn't consider it a mum to worship to their idols. For their idols, you actually have to be Mechuz or Aver. So, as far as the Caesar was concerned, it was a perfectly good animal still. Now, their Abanan were placed in this quandary, because they just received a carbon from the government, from the king, from the Caesar. And it's puzzle for a carbon, So they thought maybe we should still bring it because of shalom malchus, Even though it's a puzzle carbon. Rabbi Zechariah ben Avakula said, people are going to start saying that you could be mocked of a baal mum on the Mizbeach. So they said, okay, maybe we should kill Bar Kamsa. So he won't report anything back to the king. But again, Rabbi Zechariah said, then people are going to say that if anybody puts a mum into a carbon, they schaib Misa. Rabbi Zechariah commented on the story is that this humility of his rev Zacharyah ben Avkulas, that he wasn't willing to kill Barakam that destroyed the base of Miktah Heichal and sent all of Kleisol into Golo when the Caesar got his carbon rejected he sent Neron Kesa to go destroy Yerushalayim so first he scouted it out he came up and he shot an arrow to the east and it fell in Yerushalayim he shot an arrow west and landed in Yerushalayim wherever he shot his arrow it landed in Yerushalayim. So this is a sign that Yerushalayim was going to be destroyed. So he went to a child and he said, Do me a favor, what pasuk are you learning? This was a way that they were able to tap into an in avu in those days. And the kid said, esnik ba- biyad am Yisrael. That Hashem is going to take revenge on whoever takes down Yisrael." So uh, Nero in says, I said, oh, I'm, is going to destroy my, my house? He's going to take revenge on me. If I destroy Yerushalayim, I'd rather send someone else. So he went back home and he sent Aspusainus Kesa to do the dirty work. He came and he set up a siege for three years. There were three very wealthy people in Yerushalayim who took upon themselves to take care of Yerushalayim, to support them during the siege. There's Nachdemon Ben-Gurion Gorion, is called that because the sun went when Koide. It reverted back Asturian Tynas and Dr. Kalb, uh, ben Vua. he was called that because anybody who came in hungry like a dog walked out satiated. He had tremendous amounts of food that he would offer to all of his guests. And there was Ben Tsitsis Hakesas. He was called that because he didn't let his titsis drag on the floor. He would have them land on, on clothing or on pillows, some say. It was because he sat uh, amongst the Roman noblemen. One of them took upon himself to Supply wheat and barley for Yerushalayim. The other one supplied wine, salt, and oil. And the third supplied wood. And the abundant Rosh Hashanah, the one that supplied the wood, because it's just an it's a lot of wood for an entire long term. Rav Chista, R- he used to g- give his keys over to his Mashares, but he would hold on to the the key to the wood storage because he said that it take nine storehouses of wood to bake up one storehouse of wheat. Between these three rich people, they had a support, a supply of food and wood for 21 years. The problem was there were these Beryoini, these thugs, impetuous individuals. And while the Rabbanan wanted to make shalom with the Romans, they said, absolutely not. Let's go fight them. But the Rabbanan said, it's a pointless fight. They have a massive army. They're going to kill everybody. So... To sort of twist the hands of the Chachamim to go out and fight, these Baryonim burnt down the storehouses of wheat and barley. And that's why Glyisrael actually had a famine. It was self-caused. Gemarach gives us an example of of how awful this famine was. Marta Bas Baisus, a noble woman, a tremendously rich person in Yerushalayim, she sent her shleach out to go buy some soiles, some very, very fine flour. But by the time Mastriach got to the store, it was all sold out. So he came back home and said, and said, uh, sorry, ma'am, they only have white flour. She said, okay, get that. But that was sold out when he got there. All they had was this coarse flour. She said, oh, well, well, get that. But when he got there, it was only barley flour. She said, well, at least get that. But again, by the time he got back to the store, it was all sold out. So she, barefoot at the time, said, let me go out into the streets see if I can find something to eat. I'm starving. And she either stepped on some animal dung and died some say that she stepped on a fig from Rav Tzadok and she was so finicky She's such an istinist that she died from that what's the story with Rav Tzadok and his figs well Rav Tzadok he used to fast for 40 years so that Jerusalem shouldn't be destroyed when he needed to eat something to stay alive you could see the food going through his system from outside his body. That's how emaciated he was. When he was healthy, they would, in, in order to bring back his health, they would give him a fig to suck on just to take out some of the juice and he would throw away the rest. And this is what the uh, Mark T'babaiso stepped on, one of those thrown away figs. When she was dying, she took all her gold and silver, threw it out into the street, and said, What's the point of it? I can't, I'm, I'm dying with all my gold and silver. And like the Postuch says, they'll throw their silver out, outside. Now, there was someone, Abba Sikra. That was his name. Sikra is a, a of a murderer. He was in charge of the biryanim, of these thugs that burnt down all the food in Yerushalayim. He happened to also be the nephew, the son of the sister of Rabbi Yechonim Rabbi Yechonim said, do me a favor, I need a private meeting with you. So he came and he said, "What are you? why are you going to be killing all the Jews? What are you guys doing? You, you caused an entire family." So at this point, Abba Sikra said, you know, you're right, but what am I supposed to do? If I try to talk out against... My followers, they'll kill me. So Rechem like said, I have a plan. I need to get out of this. Maybe I'll be able to get some sort of a salvation out there. So Abba Sikra said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to announce that you're sick and everyone's going to come and visit you and we'll put something very smelly near you to make it seem like you had died, to smell like there's a corpse there. And we'll announce that you died. Then we'll have your clothes tell me that nobody else carry the coffin so that they won't be able to tell that it's lighter because a, a dead a body is heavier than a live body. And this is talk of what they did. Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua carried Rabbi coffin, and they started marching out of this to go, you know, quote unquote, bury Rabbi Yehuda's Zakai. When they got to the gate, the bariyonim didn't want to let them out, and they wanted to stab the coffin, make sure he was dead. So they said, "No, you can't do that, because then the Romans are going to say that these Jews stabbed their rabbis." They said, "Okay, well, they wanted to push him around." And again, they said, they're, they're going to say that you push around your rabbis. Okay, so they let them out. They got through that checkpoint. And he went straight to the Caesar. He went straight to Aspusinus. And when he uh, entered his tent, Habiach and said, Shalmo olecho shalmo And Aspusinus responded by saying, you deserve death twice over. Number one, you're calling me a king and I'm not a king. Either some explained that he said, you're mocking me that I'm a king, or he was saying, if you call me a king, the king's going to kill me. Or your Chayv Misa for calling someone else besides the king the king. And second of all, if I was the king, what took you so long to get here? So, B'yachna i said, you should know, first of all, you must be a king, because the Pesach says, Only a king can take over Yerushalayim. Adir means a king. And Levonoyim is referring to the base of Mikdash. The red string will turn white on Yom Kippur. And you're trying to and your second question, as far as why I haven't come to you in all this time, I really wanted to. The Bayoini did not let me get through the walls. So the Caesar says, Yeah, that's no excuse. If you have a snake wrapped around a barrel of honey, you you break that barrel for the snake. So why didn't you just destroy the world the wall, burn it down, you'll get rid of your baryonim? And for some reason Rabbi and Zakeh didn't have a response. Rabbi Yosef says, some say it's Akiva, the puzzle of Meshiv Khachomim Achor took away." Nebuchadnezzar's wisdom, because he should have answered that ideally you want to get rid of the snake and save the barrel. We don't want to just knock down the barrel and waste all the honey. I didn't want to just destroy all the walls of Yerushalayim. While he was there talking with the Caesar, a messenger came from Rome and said, Get up, you are now a Caesar. All the hush of Romans, they decided that you were taking over. The Caesar died. So, as was in the middle of taking off his shoes, he had one shoe off, and he couldn't get the other shoe on. So he said, why, why is my shoe not fitting? He tried taking off the other shoe, and it wouldn't come off. So his shoes were just stuck, his feet enlarged. What's going on? Jebechon Medzakeh said, don't worry about it. You just heard good news. And the Pesach says, Shema toiva ti etzem." The bones swell when hearing good news. So he says, what am I supposed to do? How am I going to put my shoes on? Right. This is what he's worried about as Caesar. Everyone's got to put on their shoes. So he said, Rebuchadnezzar like said, get someone that you hate to pace, walk around in front of you. Because the Pesach says, tivash goram. That'll make your bones deflate. He did that and it worked. He got his shoes back on. Why? So, as Poseidon tells "Look, like, You're such a chacham. You just helped me out big time. Why didn't you come to me sooner? He said, well, I told you. We had the bar He said, yeah, but I told you. Just burn down the wall. He said, look, I'm not going to destroy Rome, I'm the Caesar now. I'm not going to destroy Yerushalayim. I'm going to go back and send some other general here to destroy Yerushalayim, but ask me what you'd like, and uh, I'm indebted to you. You help me out. So he has three things. Rabbi Echel said, please give me Yavna and it's Chachomim, save Rabbi Gamliel's family, we have Malchus Pais Dovid, and send doctors to Rabbi Yitzchok, Keep him healthy. Rabbi Yosef, again, or maybe Rabbi Akiva, says this. the Pesach of Meshav Chachomim, achor to me sohel, that Rabbi could have asked to leave Yerushalayim alone. The reason he didn't was because he was worried that he that if he asked for something too big, he wouldn't even get the small things that he asked for. Which, Lema'ezah, those little things were what kept Klay through the Chorban, through the Golos. The doctors came to Rabbi Yitzhak and they nursed him back to health. First, they gave him some water with a bran. The next day, they mixed the bran with some flour, a little thicker. And the next day, with, with flour, even thicker. Until slowly his stomach started expanding a little bit at a time. Because going from 40 years of starvation, emaciation, to eating chocolate bars is uh, deadly. Now, Aspasinus back in Rome sent Titus Arasha to, to destroy Yerushalayim. And the Putzig says, That's Titus Arasha. He was, He would mock Hashem. Everything was out to, to fight against Hashem. What did he do? He took a zaina and went into the kodesh kadashim, unrolled a safer Torah, and committed the avera right there. He took a a, a sword and, and stabbed the pareches. It's unimaginable. Now, a nes happened that one that blood came out from where he stabbed the pareches, so that he thought that he killed. Uh, the Gemara wouldn't even write that he killed Hashem. It says. Pasuk says. Shah-gu, shah-gu Abba Hanan says that the Pesach of HaMicha, Moicha, Chasenka is referring to how, how the Rav Nishlam, how he's able to receive all of the uh, atrocious acts and, and not respond. The very Bishmah says the Pesach of HaMicha, Ba'Ilam HaShem is read HaMicha, Ba'alimim, that HaShem was able to be mute, be, be quiet. And not re- In fact, he, not quite the opposite. He made an ace that, that blood came out just took the pareiach. He made it like a like a big basket, and he put all all the kelim of the base Mitzvah in it, and put it on a on a on a boat to go flaunt in all the cities. says, ra'isi kavurim also." And we read kavurim as kvutzim and v'yistachu as v'yistabuchu. They were flaunting this just to get some praise for their conquest. Some say it was actual kavurim. That they found even the buried, hidden thing from the clay Mikdash. Now on this boat, as he's going around flaunting the kingdom of the base of Mikdash, a massive storm, a wave, a tidal wave came to threaten to sink his boat. So Titus, in his rishas, he says, Oh, it seems that that the Jew's god is only able to fight in water. He drowned Paro in water. He drowned Sisera in water. So he's drowning me in water. Let's see if he's so strong that he could take me down on land a bascal came out and said, Russia, Ben, Russia, Ben, Benoyi, shall ace of a Russia. I created this light creation, a barikal. It's called a gnat, a yitush. I call it a barikal cause. It has an opening to, to eat, but no, nothing to excrete its waste. It's tiny and it's full of waste. You go on land and try to fight my gnat. So Antitush made it to land. A gnat went and flew up his nose and started pecking at his brain for seven years. One day, in these seven years, he was walking by a blacksmith, and the sound of the hammer quieted the gnat. It shocked it. So he said, ah, I have a cure for my headaches. And he brought blacksmiths into the palace to bang and quiet his gnat, his gnat brain. If it was a non-Jewish blacksmith, he would pay him four zuz. a Jewish blacksmith, That they would do for free just to be able to see him in pain. That was payment enough. This method worked for 30 days. But after 30 days, the gnat was already used to the banging. And he went back to his brain pecking. And Abrasar of Pinchas ben Aruva says he was with the G'dayli Rome when Titus died. And when they cracked open his skull, they found this gnat in there. The size of a massive bird, a tzipor durar. Way too slow him. And Abrasar, we learned... It was like a goizel ben Shona that weighed two litrin. Abayah says you have a messiah that its mouth was made of copper and its nails of steel. And when he died, teachers asked that they burn his body and spread it and scatter it across the seven seas so that Hashem couldn't find him and bring him to din. We'll see how that plan works out tomorrow with Unclus. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.